to the Back Row Dolphins Show, a proud part of the Back Row Sports Network. Hey, what's going on, Miami Dolphins fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Back Row Dolphins Show. It is me, Bark, yet again, bringing you the latest and greatest, or not any news for that matter, on the Miami Dolphins. And today, I just simply want to talk about early fantasy outlooks for Miami Dolphins players. Yes, I do the Back Row Fantasy Show, which is a fantasy football podcast with my co-hosts Arms and Hucks, but this is just going to be Miami Dolphins players only and the fantasy outlooks on those Miami Dolphins players. So that being said, let's start with the quarterbacks. Right now, we all expect Ryan Fitzpatrick to lead the way for Miami for most of the season, hopefully all of the season. I don't want to see Tua Tagovailoa get in there at quarterback unless a game is out of hand or unless the offensive line comes together and gels a little bit. If we see that the offensive line is playing well, sure, stick to it in. Let's see what we got. That's if Ryan Fitzpatrick is performing like Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, of the Tampa Bay era, of the Jets era, of the Bills era. That's really not fair, but if Ryan Fitzpatrick is tossing interceptions left and right, we may have to go another direction, but then again, we may not. We may just stick with him, seeing as how we are not completely rebuilt for Tua to take over. Not yet. So Ryan Fitzpatrick's fantasy outlook, to me, is pretty much along the lines of 3,500 yards to 4,000 yards. I would put it somewhere in the middle at about 3,700 yards. I expect about 25 touchdowns compared to 16, 17 interceptions, which would basically put him on the middle tier of quarterbacks. Probably put him in the uh, 15 to 20 range as far as quarterback finishes go in fantasy. So do I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is a must-own? Absolutely not. Do I think Tua Tagovailoa is going to cut into his 2020 production? I don't. I don't think Tua Tagovailoa is going to cut into that. I think they will go with the plan and redshirt Tua at all costs. The only way I see that changing is injury, or if that offensive line is playing really well and Coach Flores says, okay, let's see what Tua can do. Our line is good. Let's let's do what we drafted him for and, and see if he can win us some games. Again, I think it's going to take quite a while for the line to gel with all the new additions. I just don't expect Miami to rush it because, again, the rebuild is not complete. I expect 2021, the NFL draft in 2021, to be skill position players for Tua. That way he can light the league up in 2021. How many times did I say 2021 there? Quite a few. So Fitzpatrick, a fine backup, but if you don't have Tua on the taxi squad in dynasty leagues, I'm not really excited about owning Ryan Fitzpatrick whatsoever. I think you could do better for a backup quarterback and grab someone that's more of a long-term starter, maybe a Sam Darnold, somebody whose value has not taken off yet. 
but it has the potential to do so. Ryan Fitzpatrick, the potential is not really there. We The best we can hope for is a good season, not a great season. So there's really not a lot of reasons to own him. Now, moving on to the running backs, we've got Jordan Howard and Matt Bereda. And in my opinion, Jordan Howard is going to be that short yardage and goal line back, probably first and second down uh, main running back with Bereda coming in to spell him on third downs in passing situations. I expect a pretty close to 50-50 split for those guys. And what I think that means for fantasy purposes, I think that both of them are going to be usable in running back three roles, but I don't believe any of them are going to be startable. Now, in certain weeks and situations, yeah, like if we're playing a really bad team and we look good early on, you may want to grab Jordan Howard in that specific game because he could push 20 carries a game in certain matchups. Matt Bereda, I think, will be more reliable uh, over the course of the season because I do think he will catch passes and he will get 10 to 15 carries a game when Jordan Howard nears 20. So I think Bereda is going to be a, a much more steady option but I think Jordan Howard is going to give you the touchdowns and give you those bigger weeks just based on the touchdowns. So Matt Bereda, I would clock him in at 8 to 10 points a game, whereas I think Jordan Howard can sprinkle in some 15 to 20 point games here and there based on matchup. Neither one of them are big time owns to me. I would not really want both or one or the other because I do expect 2021 for us to land a big-time running back after we find out that Howard and Breda are just fine, but neither one of them are going to take us to the levels that we want to go with Tua Tagovailoa and hopefully a great offensive and defensive line. So it'll be time to really upgrade those skill position players in 2021. I said it again. Yeah! So... Those guys, while I like them as backups or bye week players, I don't want to rely on either in fantasy. On to the wide receivers, uh, Devontae Parker, really not much competition has been brought in for Devontae Parker, so I kind of see him either repeating what he did last season or coming in just a tick below. So that's startable. That's starting three wide receivers on your fantasy squad. I think Devontae Parker is going to be absolutely fine. The touchdowns will be there. He showed enough last year for Ryan Fitzpatrick to continue to lean on him. So I don't really expect any fall off in production. If anything, there is a slight chance that he could build on last year and take a step forward yet again because he really didn't get going until about the midway point of the season is when he started looking like an absolute stud. So there's a possibility there that he's our game-to-game -game stud over the course of the season. So Devontae Parker, he's definitely a solid own. I would not overpay. I would try to get him at fair value or less. What that pretty much means is in terms of draft capital, if you have a late first-round pick in Dynasty Leagues and you can get Devontae Parker, that wouldn't be a bad way to go. If you have to give up another premier player for Devontae Parker, I think it's risky because Preston Williams, once he comes back, 
looked like he could be the guy. So Devontae Parker's production is going to be cut into whenever there is a formidable guy opposite him on the field. So right now, there is no one. Preston uh, Williams probably not going to play for a little bit. And as far as other wide receivers on the team, in my opinion, there's no one on this team that can threaten uh, Devontae's production quite like Preston Williams. Albert Wilson in the slot may have moments, may have games if he can stay healthy, but I don't expect it to happen often. Uh, as far as guys that we drafted, there's really only the the kid from Navy. He's got to learn how to play wide receiver if that's what we're going to do with him. So I also don't see him as a threat. Uh, Jakeem Grant, not a threat in my opinion. Mac Hollins is on the team. Mac Hollins is a guy that I actually have been kind of fond on. Fond on? Fond on? Fond on? Fond on? Fondue. Cheesy. Fond of. I've been fond of Mac Hollins for a while now, but it hasn't panned out, but he has talent. So he could be a surprise guy for Miami that could kind of step out of the shadows, especially if there's an injury to Devontae Parker. Mac Hollins is a guy, if nothing else, to keep eyes on. Now, another guy to keep eyes out on is uh, the guy that I talked about in the last episode that was labeled Prospect X, uh, Matt Cole from Division II McKendree University uh, for out of Lebanon, Illinois. This is an undrafted rookie free agent. Again, I said it last show, so was Preston Williams. So Matt Cole has some talent, but it, it's going to be a dart throw. Definitely a dart throw. He's probably the deepest sleeper that is out there, but he's on a team where opportunity is there. So Matt Cole from McKendry University, he could be a guy that sneaks in there as a slot receiver somewhere down the line and produce second half results. So keep an eye on Matt Cole. Now on to the tight end position. Obviously, uh, Mike Gusecki took a leap forward last year and that was an absolute welcome leap that he took. We needed that from him. He has the athletic ability. We just needed him to put it all together. He seems to have done that. Now, considering we didn't make any upgrades really across the wide receiver position and tight end position as well, Mike Gusecki has plenty of opportunity to build upon last season's emergence. Now, that emergence happened mostly over the last 10 games of the season. So if he carries that into 2020, we could see Mike Gusecki's best season yet. I currently do have him ranked as a top 10 tight end. It's not too difficult because the tight end landscape is kind of atrocious. But I have him up there, and I do expect him to play very well and catch plenty of balls on this Miami Dolphins offense like he did last year, except with an uptick of about 15 receptions. So Mike Gusecki, definitely valuable. I got him in a lot of leagues. I'm not selling because the sell price is not quite where the value is for me. So I'm holding Mike Gusecki, hoping for the best. I'd hold him over a guy like Evan Ingram. I'd hold him over a guy like Darren Waller. Uh, Darren Waller, obviously the better player, but there's talent coming in now. Darren Waller probably not going to reach those same levels that he reached last year with the Raiders. So Gusecki, I'm very high on. So there you go. We'll do some IDP players uh, next. Actually, next on this show. Let's go ahead and knock it out. 
IDP players. So let's just start with who's relevant. So basically, Jerome Baker and Raekwon McMillan are relevant. Jerome Baker, more relevant than anyone, as he has turned into a three-down linebacker. Raekwon McMillan is relevant for fantasy purposes, but he is a two-down thumper that is somewhat of a liability in pass coverage. So Raekwon McMillan, not exactly a guy that I want to own unless he somehow takes the next step and becomes a complete player, a three-down player. That That's really the only way Raekwon pays major dividends. Jerome Baker, best bet uh, on the team as far as fantasy stats go. The defensive line, this is all unknowns. I mean, we've got players that have names, but we have no idea who is going to emerge, if anyone, as a sack specialist. And I don't think that's going to happen right away unless one of the rookies break out. I don't see it happening. Now, as far as the safeties and the cornerbacks go, not really chasing any of them for fantasy purposes either. And the linebackers that we brought in, Kyle Van Noy. Van Noy has been okay, but in IDP leagues, individual defensive player leagues, for those that don't play IDP, Kyle Van Noy has been serviceable, but he's not really someone you have to own. And to me, if you don't have a few top-end linebackers, there's really not a point in paying a price or holding on to somebody that just kind of produces. To win in IDP leagues, you need really solid top 20, top 30 players at each defensive position. And outside of Baker and maybe Raekwon McMillan, there really is not anyone on Miami that fits the build there. So very quick and easy IDP rankings for you. But nonetheless, 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 there's some IDP rankings for you. So All in all, not a lot to be excited about fantasy-wise. Devontae Parker, probably the most sure thing, and that's kind of crazy to say because we couldn't say that until after 2019 was over, basically. He had been a bust up until that point. So there (laughs) there is no Miami Dolphins player that I, with confidence, would target and go after 100%. So take that how you will. But I'm sure 2020, I'm sure there will be some guys that emerge. But this offense is not ready to be a fantasy prolific offense. And and that's not what they care about anyways. They want to play football and win games. But for us, the fantasy guys, there's nothing really there that excites us. So until proven otherwise, maybe, sadly, I hate to say this, stay away from Miami Dolphins players in fantasy, except Devontae Parker. But again, I'm not paying top 10 wide receiver prices for Devontae Parker. Maybe top 25, but I'm still slightly skeptic. So there you go. Fantasy Outlooks, Miami Dolphins 2020. These will change. It's very early. We've seen no on-field activity, no OTAs, no news about how players look because we can't because of the elephant in the room of which I will not speak about. So We will revisit this when time permits it. Until then, stay tuned, stay safe, and I will see you guys next time. Barks out, back row fins, out.